The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen now. Um, before we get going, can you hear my cat meowing, or is that is that going to be a problem? Um, I don't. I think I heard a little noise when you first came on. If that was your cat, yeah. then that's what that was. But yeah, give me one second. Let me go dump some more food out, okay. so she'll be quiet. Be right back. In the room. All right, sorry about that. Right. That was almost like an angry meow. Oh, yeah. It was like accusatory. She's like, well, I record in my basement because like it's quiet, mm-hmm. like without all the worrying of everything else going on. And uh, the cat is relegated to the basement because uh, she would pee on everything. Like the kids are up there and she doesn't like the kids. So she hides and like it was a whole thing. So she has her little room in the basement and she stays down there. So whenever anyone comes by, she's like, feed me, feed me. Feed me. <laughs> Feed me. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 4 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guests and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. This is the Better Band Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon, and today the song we're covering is In My Tree. And today the guest I have is John Farrar. Hello, John. Hello, Brandon. Nice to talk with you again. Oh, it's always good to talk to you. We we, we get so much knowledge and so much facts and, 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 you know, knowledge is a tree, they say. Oh, you tied it in perfectly. Yeah. Thanks for having me back, man. I, like I said, like I say, every time I absolutely love doing these, but I want to give you some credit right off the bat, because if people don't know what they just heard, I don't think we talked about it before your use of, of a very rare song in your intro. I want to give you some credit for using Chinese, the, one of the, one of the rarest Pearl Jam songs in your intro. I don't know if people know that. That's the ending song. The ending song. Yes. Yeah. It's if you listen. Listen at the end, and you'll hear one of the rarest Pearl Jam songs. I, I'm, I can give you credit for using that for digging that one up. Oh yeah, that's uh, the 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 intro is uh, I believe some uh, Stone demos from the uh, Goss, oh, yeah. Gossman that, tape. That yeah, original. Yeah, the Gossman project. Yeah, right. which in a couple episodes I'm gonna bring back up again because uh, I listened to those songs. <laughs> Every week when I'm putting these episodes <laughs> together and it's like, hmm, you know what? It just strikes me that this song sounds very familiar to another song here on No Code. So maybe you'll, maybe oh, people will figure that out by the time they, uh, if, if they've been listening to all the episodes too. And, uh, and Stone, uh, Stone put together, had a, had a big part in this song as well. 
Uh, did he now? Because I know it as a primarily a Jack Irons and Eddie Vedder tune that uh, Jack wrote the drums for as he was sort of playing around when they were uh, Mm -hmm. recording in Chicago, beginning the sessions for this album. He had a a little drum booth that he set up and was fooling around and it was like, hey, this is kind of cool and brought it to the band and they wrote the song uh, with it. Yeah, I think I think Stone has that came up with that main riff from what I understand. Okay. And then you know you know that that kind of he's so good at that triumphant kind of guitar sound that yeah. those changes that like just make you really feel something and there's a couple in this song that that it's it's got Stone's fingerprints all over it. Yeah. Um crap. Hold on. I'm going to have to edit this. I meant to Ah, screw it. I don't need to know when they first started playing it. I think it wasn't. It wasn't until '96. I think it was that that first show box, the September 14th, '96. After the album came out, or right around then. Yeah, and it got played a lot in '96. Okay, I think it's a sort of precursor to another sort of signature Pearl Jam sound, which is a sort of epic emotional soaring sort of journey song where it's got hills and valleys and it's, it's very um, mm-hmm. uh, dynamic. Like you're in hidings and your light years. Given flies. Given flies. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Your love boat captains and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, if, if you uh, have your, your copy of no code out, you'll find it on uh, the Polaroid of eight D and eight E. Do you have the, do you have the complete set? Um, I have a complete set. I don't have. <laughs> I don't oh, have. I, track down. I don't have uh, C O D yeah. E. I have C and E. I have. I have all of them. I tracked down all the original vinyl copies, one of each, which one. So I have all the original vinyl '96 Polaroids. That was a. That was a awesome. vision quest that I that came to me that I had to complete. <laughs> well, con- congratulations! You can oh, mark that off you. your bucket list. Exactly. Oh, it's so nice to put them all out and like look at it all together. It's it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if it's if it's um just like the CD ones or it just depends on on what the actual picture is. But I know like the vinyl ones, they're just huge and they're really clear and you can like see mm-hmm. what they are. Is it that way for all of them, or some of them are still kind of blurry just because you know it was like taken with a Polaroid? No, they they look amazing. Okay. Yeah, like. If you haven't seen them, like go track them down. Even I know they reissued, and I think they still you can still get the COD and E in the reissues. So it's it's definitely worth tracking down. Yeah, on the uh, the E, which is the one that I have on CD, it's uh, like a guy surfing, and on D, it's like I can't really tell what it is. It's like a circle, and it looks like there might be like kind of flames around it or something. Like there's something burning in a in a trash can or like a yeah it almost looks like an ashtray or a trash can or something yeah, yeah. can't really tell of course i can only tell from pictures online because i don't have the real one <laughs> but yeah and then, and then there's no lyrics on the back like we kind of yeah. have an idea of what the lyrics are but i don't think i don't think anybody knows what the official lyrics are to this song it's never been they've never been posted anywhere they do it's on their website the they have the full ones yeah Okay. Well, it's not on the, it's, it, it didn't, that didn't come out till later than it wasn't on the official. It's not on the back of the Polaroid. Like a lot of them are the handwritten ones. Yeah. That, that and uh present tense don't have uh lyrics on them. 
let's 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 start talking about the song let's break it down because oh, yeah it's this like before we said this is one of my absolute favorite yeah. songs like it's it's between this and corduroy 1a and 1b for me like i absolutely love this song Never seen this song live, right? Ooh, it's 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 number one, my most wanted live song. Yeah, I'm going to the the two shows that I'm going to this year. I'm really hoping they bust it out. I was really hoping to get GA so that I could wear my in my tree shirt that I got that has the, mm-hmm. his in his font, you know, the, the the set list font, and hoping that he would see it and then play it. But uh, I'll be I'll be in the seats, so it'll be be a tough chance. But maybe in the fall if I. Uh, if I get GA in one of those shows, I can do it. But yeah, Nashville and St. Louis, please, in my tree, we're hoping. Where do we start with this song? The drums, man. Drums. You have to start with oh, that. Yes. You, oh, yes. You start God. with how you see, with, with how you hear it. Yeah, those drums. Up here in my And I absolutely love Jack. He like Matt Cameron is perfect for what they do now, but Jack mm-hmm. fit in so well with where they were at the time. Like he he plays like he's really propulsive and really he's always going towards the next beat. And I talk about it on on Live on Four Legs. We've been doing a lot of 95, 96 shows. We even did one of his 98 shows recently, and it's just a pleasure to listen to. Like the way he plays, like it was such a good fit for where they were at the time. And even the way he played the old songs, like absolutely love listening to it. And he's, he's got like octopus arms and he's hitting everything and he's, everything's leaning to the, leading to the next beat and he's all over the place. That's such a good drum intro. It's one of my favorite things. Like as soon as you hear it, you're immediately in the song. Like it's one of the, it's one of the best intros they have. Yeah. I think uh, this along with his other song that uh, on the album that he wrote that are like jack drum songs uh who you are adds in the sort of uh exotic worldish music sort of of polyrhythm mm-hmm. uh to it that i don't know b- b- bands every once in a while will will sort of uh, dip their toe into once they're getting into their weird phase yeah yeah is the cashmere as we like to call it um, yeah but yeah no it, it's <laughs> It would have been so interesting to see where they would have gone, like, if he had stayed in the band, you know, would they have continued to do this kind of thing? But, like, I wish, you know, I wish he would, he had stuck around. And he, he did come back and play the song one more time after after he left the band, which we'll get to. But, uh, oh, the yeah, the drums in this song are amazing. And, like, that intro is so good. And, like, and then it when it changes and, like... It immediately like so jarring, but it's so good when the when the drums change, when that when the guitars kick in, like oh, it's there's two moments that are just transcendent in this song that I absolutely love, and I every time the song comes on, I have to 
listen to it all the way through. That first one is when those guitars kick in and he goes in where he starts the wave to all my friends and it, the song just opens up and you feel like you're just floating or flying. It's, it's so good. And then at the very end, when, uh, when the solo starts after, after the still got it, still got it. And that, that, that guitar chord comes in and you're just, it's just one of the, one of the greatest moments in, in their recorded history, I think. singing about being up in his tree and it really picks you up it feels like it's it's lifting you up there uh with them yeah and like when they were when they were recording no code like late 95 early 96 like a lot of that stuff you know they were trying to retreat from the public like they didn't they were the biggest band in the world they didn't want to be they were trying to kind of retreat a little bit like no code is so interesting because it's it's the the record of a of a band trying to retreat from its fans instead of embracing mm-hmm. them you know and that i think that's so interesting and it makes it so interesting to listen to like lyrically and musically like there's a lot of different stuff on there they were really you know in a spot where they could they felt like they could do whatever they wanted for the first time you know yeah sort of like that that uh meme or whatever going around it's like if you don't if you don't love me at my worst you don't deserve me at my best <laughs> <laughs> you don't if you don't love me in my no code you don't deserve me in my yield is that what we're trying to get to yeah there you go that's a that's a that's a that's a meme that's a shirt let's see that online (laughs) but yeah it's like and he had gone through all the stuff with the with the stalker Mm -hmm. issue like the person who'd ran into his house and had to deal with that and he just you know if they in the in the pearl jam 20 movie i you know i wish there was more about no code but he would he would be like wearing a mask like a big like lizard mask or something mm-hmm. or a big bear mask like, fly mask you know, they were or... really trying to be and he talks about you know i think we can make this a little more faceless than it than it has been you know they it's been done mm-hmm. you know and i think this is one of those things where they were in doing that like they weren't trying to be as as universal as they were on verses and 10 you know they were trying to retreat a little bit and this song like yeah like the lyrics are amazing like the the themes of it like yeah you talked about like escaping something like getting away there's also the thing of like getting older and maybe talking to your younger self, seeing your younger self. And there's hints of that. in like the second verse, like it's, Oh, it's, it's one of their greatest. It's one of their greatest songs hands down. Yeah. It, it really, I don't know, just sort of getting older and thinking about, about life and where, where you are and where you end up as opposed to where you, you know, start off when you're born and you start growing up and all, and all that sort of stuff. It really, looking back on your life, having hindsight and being able to have memories, you know, it of course gives you a perspective that you don't have when you're in the middle of it, when you're living and you're young and you're going through all these things. And I think that's, that's sort of like what this song is about and represents, you know, you, you, 
you're climbing up into a tree, you know, you're getting out of it above it all so that you have some perspective and you can see, have a better view of everything that's around you as opposed to just being down in it. And, and he's talking being... about waving to all my friends and they don't seem to notice me. Like you're changing, yeah. but you're not sure if, if you're still fit in with who you were before. And like, you know, they were in their thirties at this point and no code. Like it's, they were a different band than they were in, in 1990, 1991, you know, grunge had grunge had died, you know, and they were trying to figure out who they were, you know, can, can they still be a band? You know, there were, there were times in this era that we weren't sure if they were going to survive. Yeah, I th- I think this album too was was the I think the ending of that period too because with with, mm-hmm. with Vitology and this you know Eddie was writing a lot and uh, you you hear about Jeff and Stone saying that they thought they were or they felt like they were being pushed out and it was becoming the Eddie show and not really their band even though they were the guys that put oh, yeah, it together you, in the in the Pearl Jam twenty book Jeff talks about like. He didn't even know they had started recording for No Code until yeah. like a week later. He came in like they had already recorded four or five songs without him. And I was like, wait a minute, like, am I still a part of this? What are we doing here? You know, but, yeah. it, but it ended up being so much more collaborative, like, and give Ed credit because he totally could have taken it on and had it be, it become the Eddie Vedder show. Right. But he brought in like, yeah, here's, here's a Jack song. Here's another Jack song. Let's jam this out. Here's. Here's a Stone song. We're gonna let Stone sing on a song. Here's yeah, Jeff. Like, bring your songs and smile. Like, you know, I give him credit for for realizing that that's how they were gonna survive. If if he had continued to be like the dominant force, they they probably would have broken up. Yeah, I mean, like Ed writes five of the thirteen songs on it, which I don't know. I'll just go out and say because I'm I I, I haven't figured it out, but it's probably the most <laughs> on an on a. On an album, maybe the uh, the percentage wise of it, I think that are. Uh, I think Vi- Vitalogy is probably right there too. I think Vitalogy might have one or two more, but yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, then when they get to Yield, it's it is a whole lot more sort of everybody is bringing in a lot more songs, and it that's kind of sort of uh, uh, continues throughout throughout their career a little bit. I think the last one or two had a had quite a bit of Eddie songs on it though. Yeah, and you know, and we've gotten some, you know, some outtakes from this period, like All Night and mm-hmm. Don't Give Me No Lip and things like that, where they were, like, All Night would have totally fit on No Code, you know, and mm-hmm. it's got that same, like, almost, like, jammy kind of vibe to it, and a lot of these are, like, really influenced by the them playing with Neil Young and all that, it's kind of the people call it, like, the Crazy Horse record a little bit, you know, as coming off a of mirror ball. Yeah. Like, they were, like, stuff like Off He Goes was a, was a big Neil Young influence and Smile. But yeah, like No Code's absolutely my favorite record, and this is my favorite song on my favorite record. Yeah, the, I think uh, it's between this and uh, Present Tense for me on this album are my favorites. Yeah, another good one, absolutely. But yeah, we talk about uh, Stone's backing vocals. I absolutely, oh, he's yes, and the you get that bridge, which I think even now, still looking at the looking what is the lyrics are supposed to be and listening to it. It's like, I don't know if that's what they're saying, but if that's what you're yeah, saying, that's, it that's is. That's what then... I was getting at. Like, I don't think we have, I don't think we know hundred percent what these lyrics really are.
it's it it says uh, Eddie's down in his home. Oh, the blue sky, it's his home. Eddie's blue sky home. Oh, the blue sky, it's his home. <laughs> and I know live. Eddie's not going to ever know the, the entire lyrics to every single song, but I think he probably sings something live different each time. I know that I've heard versions yeah. where he says something about newspapers or something like yeah, that. And in, pre- in preparation for this, like they, they played the song 93 times. And in preparation for this, my, my goal was to listen to all 93 of those versions. <laughs> uh, so I could really be prepared. Uh, Cause I have all the, all these bootlegs that are on and, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I really pushed through those 96 versions, like, and I was looking for anything, because, like, a lot of times before he'll, before they play it, he'll mention something about the song, like, he'll give a little behind-the-scenes info, or talk about how it was written, he'll give you a little nugget every once in a while, but there was nothing on this one, a lot of times they would just, the drums would just start, and they would break into it, it wasn't mm-hmm. until, it wasn't until later on that they started talking to her, and so, I, so I made it through, like, 2003, <laughs> listening to all of them and then i had to i had to skip around because i was running out of time but oh it was it was so great to be able to listen to to all of them like i highly recommend it if you have the means um but yeah you know this is one of uh one of their only songs where eddie mentions himself by name in the song yeah there's uh oh crap there's another one damn it blood but oh uh, yep yeah, that, that's, that's right that's right yeah Yep. There you go. Thanks. Yep. Thanks. And there Thanks might for that be hint. one in <laughs> there, uh, there. And there might be one in "Not for You" too. I think if you sometimes in "Not for You," he he throws his oh, own yeah. name in there. In the but yeah, I think this one and "Blood" are the only official ones. Since since you've listened to all those a, a bunch of versions, what's there's there's a sort of uh, I, I I don't want to rip off your the the conceit of your podcast one of your podcast special episodes but there's a a little evolution in with this <laughs> right oh definitely like this song became you know when when jack was in the band 96 97 part of 98 it was in the regular rotation like if you look back at that fall 96 tour they were playing it almost every night and then in early 98 played it a lot and then jack leaves the band and matt comes in they didn't play it for a while because it, you know, you know the, the story when when Matt joined the band, he had to learn fifty or sixty songs in two weeks to, mm-hmm. to start that tour. And I'm sure this one was one that they put on the back burner. Like, look, we're not, we're not going to worry about that one right now. We'll get to it when we get to it. So it, it showed up in July on uh, on July 16th in 1998, and it's actually really sweet. Like before they before they play it, Ed says, you know, this one this one goes out to the drummer that couldn't be here tonight, Mr. Jack Irons, and he didn't have to do that. Like that's such a nice thing to do to give like your your drummer a shout out because he wasn't fired like he had to leave because of like mental health yeah. problems and he he was having a nervous breakdown like i'm sure he, they would have loved for him to stay but it just didn't work out so i thought that was really really uh a class thing that they did giving him a little shout out before they played it the first time without him and you know and matt did a great job like in those first few years they they would he tried to play it pretty straight and he's you know he's not that same type of drummer that Jack was, he's a little more straightforward. And I mean, he's, he's fantastic. Like he's been with them 20 years. He's absolutely part of the band as much as anyone now, but he just doesn't have that same kind of rhythmic quality that Jack had. Like you can call it funky, you can call it, you know, whatever, but Jack had a little something that made the song special. And then, so yeah, then they, you know, they, they played it twice in 1998 and then they they dropped it for the rest of the tour. You know, it didn't really appear in the fall, and that's when I think it became 
starting in like 2000, 2003, it became sort of a cult favorite. You know, the song kind of took on this uh, cult status, you know, where people really wanted to hear it. And every time it showed up, it would, it would get a huge reaction. There's one in, uh, in 2000, I think at Greensboro in August, where they're, they, they give it a shot again. And like Mike's doing some like laser space stuff on his guitar like it's i don't know what that they were just fucking around or like trying to see <laughs> what would work but yeah it sounds really cool and they and in 2003 you know they do the huge 2003 world tour right most shows they'd ever played in a year since like 1991 1992 and they wait until the 51st night of the tour to play it and that's the first time that they that eddie just starts playing that guitar intro or they they leave out the drum intro completely says you know we're just gonna play the part we remember no 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 he he screws up and then no 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 let me try again and he doesn't know the words like he they obviously hadn't rehearsed it he just was he just remembered the riff and then he plays but he just improvs a whole new set of lyrics for it and it's amazing like it's so beautiful and so poetic like i don't know and he's so good at at doing those improvs and stuff on right off up off the top of his head but yeah, if people haven't heard, I mean, maybe you can play some of it. I, I would play all of it if it was my show, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to cover the show on Live on Four Legs as soon as we can because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he he just makes up the whole thing. I, I wanted to write it all down, but I I just had to sit back and listen to it. Like it is it is amazing. And then that that version, and then you know they they played it a few more times in 2003. You know, it's on the Live at the Garden and. And he uh, he did work out the lyrics, so it did kind of come back to an original form. But then, you know, Stone would come in with that acoustic guitar. Boom comes in with a little keyboard part that's really nice. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the way they played it until 2009 when, uh, when I guess, Matt or they decided together to go back to the drum intro. So that if you hear it now, you do hear the original, you know, Matt trying to do his best Jack impression and, and work out those drums at the beginning. But... Yeah, it's it's become one of the it's become rarer and rarer as the years have gone on. Yeah, with that um, Eddie sort of improv version, he do, he does do a lot of his signature just sort of noises and, <laughs> and not real words, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
at the beginning especially because he was trying to like fudge his way through it yeah but it it turns into something really beautiful yeah and then yeah and then they did that benefit show in uh in santa barbara at the end of 2003 where they had you know chris cornell come out and and jack actually came out and played on the song again came out and uh mm-hmm. and it, but but they didn't let him do the drum intro part they still started it with the guitar that's the uh the concert yeah. where they got the um the temple of the dog reunion for the uh fan club single right right yeah yes exactly yeah it's a, it's a classic they did an acoustic set and an electric set it was kind of uh the precursor to a lot of the those gourd shows and things like that it was a really special night if people yeah. haven't if people don't remember that one go look it up this is also the uh, the inspiration, or the at least the lyrical origin for the website, the Sky I Scrape. Pearl Jam fans, out there. yeah, I had that written down too. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, good job, good job to them pulling that out of the uh, lyrics. Yeah, which there. you know, it's a skyscraper, sky ice scrape. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> there's you just can't listen to the song without without feeling something. Like, I it's impossible for me to sit when it comes on to sit through it and not you know, not go on the journey that it takes you on. Like, I absolutely love it. Like, I, I I could sit here and gush about it, you know, for another hour and a half. But yeah, it's yeah, definitely it's, goosebumps inducing sort of. Oh, absolutely. Uh, PJ SMR. <laughs> <laughs> and like the ending, like Mike Solo, the end is so good. And like that, the way it, it just takes the song just takes off. Like I said, it's one of those one of those transcendent moments, especially in like and live. Like I would I cannot wait. Like I really hope I get to hear the song this year. See, I don't know. Is, is is there man, it's just another one of those instances where it's like, oh, this is just a great song. Oh, it's so great. Oh, but I, I, I don't know. You you it's it's really something that you have to experience and you have to listen to it. And and once you listen to it, it's like, Oh, okay, I get it. And you can't really convince somebody that this is an awesome song. One of their best songs is it's something that, you know, yeah. when somebody listens to it, they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. I get it. I see where it's coming from. But it's, it's one of those moments where like everyone came together to make something greater than the parts. Mm-hmm. Right. So Jack's drums, unbelievable the bass starting off you know, there too oh yeah jeff's bass line is, is perfect it fits in with the with the, the drums perfectly when when the when stone comes in and starts playing like that riff is so good and like he's like i mentioned at the beginning he's so good at writing those kind of like triumphant riffs that like go somewhere and like there there'll be that one note that he hits that like just jars you and just changes the everything mm-hmm. you know and then the eddie's voice sounds great the lyrics are great you know he's really touching on something personal and then you know mike solo at the end is unbelievable like it's it's just a perfect mesh of everything that they were doing at the time yeah i don't know let's let's finish this up so we can listen to it some more <laughs> oh my god like i yeah i've got i've got another 30 or 40 versions that i to go <laughs> yeah <laughs> i gotta go catch up and do the rest of them don't, don't think i'm not gonna finish it yeah maybe it'd be your 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 next uh uh pj bucket list <laughs> You yeah. have all the no codes, yeah. so no. Listen to all live versions. And... Oh, yeah, like there's there's no way. Like I remember even when when no code came out, this song immediately stands out because I remember the first thing you heard was I remember they played "Who You Are" on the radio, and mm-hmm. it was like, wow, this is different. Yeah, and I remember like you know you would get the album on the first day, you know, at midnight or whatever. You, I think I was I was 18 when no code came out. It's like the perfect time. Yeah, when mm-hmm. got it in a midnight thing going back listen to it in the car like just from the very beginning you're like man this this changes everything like this is a completely different band now and i 
it worked like a, a, a bunch of people hated it you know all the all the 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 jock fans and all that stuff like they they fell by the wayside and the people who really stuck with them were rewarded you know that, that was this was kind of the the beginning of you know what they became today where it's like they're so fan friendly and they they really treat their fans well and they take care of them and like that's the reason they've they've held on for this long and like the relationship that they created around this time like i remember even getting a postcard in the mail from the 10 club. I think they were calling it the vitality health club at that time with like the picture of the Polaroid on it. And I forget if it was like handwritten or just typed handwritten, but it was like, you know, Hey, join the fan club like this and this we've got, you know, we've got singles and got this whole thing. And like, it was just so, it became such a personal thing, even though they were trying to make it more faceless that just made, made you want even more like, for the for those of us that that stuck with them it was like yes like this is something that that you can be a fan of and it will reward you mm-hmm. you it's they're not going to treat you like shit they're not going to like break up they're they're not metallica this is something that that you can stick with and that you can grow with and it really like i've never stopped listening to this album since 1996 yeah. like i absolutely love it so is this, is this your uh, your number one album definitely definitely yeah and it's it's my number one Pearl Jam album for sure. It's it's in my top three or five all time favorites mm-hmm. of anyone. Awesome. Yeah, this definitely <laughs> this definitely ranks uh, higher than Vitology for me. <laughs> but uh, the, that's yeah, that's that's, that's, that's an argument like, we have we to have off air, right? Yeah. That uh... <laughs> yeah, we I, I kind of gave you a little bit of shit. Like we <laughs> we talked about it on that Bugs episode, and I went off on people who who discount Vitalogy for all the little in, the interstitial tracks and the little weird stuff on there, and then come to find out you were one of those people. <laughs> I felt I felt a little bad, but I but then again I don't feel bad. Like you were wrong. Like those, that makes the album so much better. Like it would be. Uh, it would be so weird if they weren't there to me and like you need them to break up and it's it's an art project like it's it's a work of art vitalogy and no code like mm-hmm. and i know you know we can talk about how you feel about i'm open or how you feel about mankind letting stone sing on the song like i'm i'm guessing those probably aren't your favorites but like i love i'm open like i love mankind like i it totally you have to take the album as a whole as a piece of art. And I think that's, that really is a credit to them at the time that they were able to do that and not just make, you know, here's, you know, here's 10 songs that we threw together that don't, that don't mean anything, you know, together. Right. And they were really good at picking those songs. And even on the new one, even on Gigaton, you know, we talked about, you saw that, that stone clip where they had a bunch of songs Stone talks about how Ed went through and, and picked the ones and put these together. And he's like, they, they might not have been the ones that I picked, you know, but he went together and like created, like curated this, this album. Um, I can't wait to hear the whole thing and see like, if it holds up with, with these like mid period ones, like you're, cause like they haven't been a challenging band since really riot act. Like, they got a lot more accessible in 2006 with Avocado. That you yeah. know, that's an, that's an accessible record. It's easy to listen to. But if you go back to like No Code, Binaural, Riot Act, like these are tough albums to listen to if you're just a casual music fan. Like a lot of people heard this and were like, "Nah, I'm done. I don't I don't need this. It doesn't work for me." But I'm I'm wondering if this new one, if we're gonna get, if we're gonna return to like a more challenging Pearl Jam, like if they really went through and and tried to make something that was more a little more arty and you know you, you could definitely apply that to dance of the clairvoyance than than they've been in the past and really try to challenge the listeners instead of just making something that's accessible and trying to make like 
a, a, a rock album, you know? Yeah. A quote unquote classic Pearl Jam. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I think this album is a, it accomplishes the goal better of being an artistic statement than Vitology. It just has, it, it, the, the weird stuff in it, I think is weird, but it doesn't stand out as weird within the context of the album, I think. And I, and I think it's because uh, who you are is so early in the album and also sort of you open with sometimes, which is, is, yeah. I don't know. It, it kind of puts you in a different mood than, you know, a fast, hard-hitting opener, which they had on their previous three albums. And, um, you know, Vitology, all the weirdish sort of stuff is, is, is on the back end and sort yeah, of like yeah. kind of thrown in there. I know you'll probably cover this on the, the Hail Hail episode. You remember when they played on Letterman, they played the, the sponsor-free episode, like it was a commercial-free episode of Letterman. They would always play on Letterman's mm-hmm. show. Do you remember that? Um, no, I think I was uh, still uh, a little too uh, oh, okay. enamored with sleep <laughs> to want to stay up. And <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I didn't stay up and watch the late-night shows, the, the oh my God, it was, Letterman it was or like SNL they, or any of so that. So he did, they, they build it as the commercial, like there were no sponsors, no commercial episodes. So, of course, Pearl Jam is going to be on it. And... They come out and do Hail Hail, and it's it's amazing. Obviously, you, you'll talk about it on that episode, I'm sure. But then they come out, and over the end credits, he starts leaving here, mm-hmm. and they they cut it out right as he's about. He, like, he turns to go to the microphone and starts singing, and the, and the show cuts off. Yeah, I think I've, I remember for, seeing clips of that. For 25 years, that has been one of my white whales is someone find that version of leaving here. So I'm putting that out there on this. If anyone out there has access to that full performance of leaving here, please contact the show or my show. Um, you know, people live on, live on four legs podcast. Hopefully people have checked it out, but yeah, it's, I remember just thinking like that was one of those things you're like, Oh my God, like this is the coolest band in the world, you know? And like stones wearing the orange beanie and like, it's, He's in full, full weird stone mode. Like His I love little, it. Uh, head bob, little, little chicken, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> chicken nod, oh, yeah. <laughs> little, little duck walk. Yeah, yeah. It's he's fantastic. Well, uh, you you mentioned your your podcast for people who might not have heard you on a, on an episode before or know who you are. Yeah, uh, live on Four Legs podcast. Uh, Randy Sobel, who's been on a bunch of these as well. Him and uh, his friend Matt started it, and then. Uh, you know, Matt's had to had to drop out from being a full time participant due to some, uh, you know, life gets in the way. He's got a lot of stuff going on, so I was able to bully my way onto the show, <laughs> and uh, and now I'm on almost every week, and it's a lot of fun. We cover a different live show every week, and uh, yeah, it's it's just so much fun. Like I I think of it as like putting together pieces of a puzzle, right? So you're you're fitting things in and like you're looking at a piece at a, at a piece in history and you're, you're, and you're comparing it to this and you're comparing it with, with what was happening at the time. And like, I, it's really interesting to me, the more I get into it, the more I look forward to doing it every week. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And like, you know, we've, we've kind of got a little, uh, a little community of Pearl Jam podcast here and, uh, 
yeah, it's each one does a little something different. You know, it's, it's hopefully people are enjoying all of them. You know, I think if you put them all together, you get a really, really clear picture of, uh, of everything that was going on. And, you know, you can, you can kind of listen around and, and get different perspectives and different ideas. And really, you know, it's really coming together nicely. I think all of them together, putting together like a history of this, you know, incredible band that, you know, had such an interesting run, like flamed out early and then stuck around and like you know it's it's so interesting to go back like to even even going like you are like album by album to to see and you know go back and see where they were at the time and what was going on and really dig into these songs and you know find out you know little nuggets about it like i learned stuff from from your show that i didn't know of people going and digging stuff so yeah it's it's great like i'm i'm happy to be part of it Oh well, I love having you on. You have your own nuggets yeah, that you thanks, uh, that you dish out that that uh, people need. And... and yeah, like I I love doing the weird ones. Like people, you, know, you can have your your hail hails and your whatever. I'll 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 take your I'll take the weird singles and the weird B sides and all that. So uh, if people like listening to the weird ones, you can usually find <laughs> me on those. And uh, I'm I'm ending these asking people uh, something nice that uh, that people listening to this should do. Next time they see they see somebody to just kind of spread spread the joy spread the spread humanity out there. Well, I'll say you know that's that's a great idea, and thank you for doing that. I'll say next time you're in traffic, like maybe just let someone over that needs to get over. That that's that's an easy way to just make someone's day. You know, it's easy to get to get consumed in in trying to get to where you're going fast. And we're in our cars all the time, no matter where you are. Like I, everybody gets stuck in traffic and just take a second, you know, let someone over, you know, don't cut someone off. If you're, if you're thinking about doing it, if you've got an opportunity, just, you know, be nice, be nice to your fellow people out there. They're just like you. They're just trying to get to yeah, where so, Especially if you're like in a huge long line or and there's, a, there's an accident or something like that. And everybody's been stopped and everybody's been waiting and, you know, you got the, the space ahead of you starting sure. to open up and you're like, you know, what? I'm just going to stop. Let this guy go yeah, in. And... It's an easy way. It's an easy way not to ruin yeah. someone's day. Yeah. And also tip and also tip your waitresses because they work oh, really yeah. hard. Well, thanks for coming on, John. And uh, we'll talk to you again because, uh, like I said, I got I got weird stuff and uh, <laughs> I, need, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. need to talk about it. So if I'm going to cover everything. I just hope I did this song justice, man. It's one of my absolute favorites and I hope it, it, it comes through how much I love it and how much it means to me. And if I ever get to see it live, I will cry. So if you, if you see me, if you see like a, a tall bald guy with a huge beard crying during in my tree, <laughs> give, give me a, give me a little pat on the back and in an annoying look. Cause I'll, I'll be right there. Yep, yeah. That'll be me. Yeah. I, I, this, the song I think speaks for itself. I, I think when it touches you, I, I think it touches a, a whole lot more people than, you know, you might think they were, I think people might be like, oh, you know, this is my sort of little hidden favorite song. And, you know, a bunch of people is like, oh, they like all the other more popular songs, but oh, this one's sort of mine. I think this is, uh, there's a lot more people who feel that way than, than you might realize. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. This, that's another thing. Like if, if this song could get if it had been on the radio at the time like if it if they had picked this one instead of who you are like the world would be a better place if more people listen to the song that that's another one i'll throw <laughs> in there too yeah make those swing for the fences with those uh hot takes <laughs> although i don't know how you can swing for a fence with a hot take but that's besides the point <laughs> thanks for coming on right. john well 
Oh, thank you, Brandon. Absolute pleasure. Appreciate it. The Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email ListenUpReno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for a few purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest John and as always, this is Brandon saying, Mr. Simpson, don't you worry. I watched Matt Lock in a bar last night. The sound wasn't on, but I think I got the gist of it. <laughs>